The following program is an exclusive Disruption Networks production. Disruption Network and First Source Federal Credit Union have teamed up to help support the Central New York Veterans Outreach Center Sunday, April 28th from noon to 4 p.m. Located at the Veterans Outreach Center, 726 Washington Street in Utica. There will be food, live entertainment, raffles, live podcasting from the D, and an appearance by Audi from the Utica Commons. We are looking for donations of clothes, non-perishable food items, furniture, toiletries, hygiene products, or a minimal cash donation of $5 at the door day of event. All ages are welcome. For more information on donations, drop-off locations, and entertainment lineup, please check out DisruptionNetwork.net. Disrupting Hunger, Sunday, April 28th, brought to you by First Source Federal Credit Union. Tax season is here, and First Source wants to help you be prepared. Our friends at Furley, Moran, Freer, and Isa have given us some great tax tips to share. Read the blog at fsource.org for helpful answers to your tax questions and feel better prepared before you file. First Source members can also receive a discount on TurboTax software. Be ready for tax season with help from your friends. File smarter, live smarter with First Source. Membership requirements apply. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, baseball fans, are you counting down the days to opening day? Well, Disruption Network has you covered. The Baseline, the D's own baseball podcast, is back with Season 2 and all new episodes all season long. Sunday nights, 7.30 p.m. on the D. Get your baseball fix as JP and SPG run down the news and notes around Major League Baseball. Get fantasy tips, player rankings, team previews, interviews, and more. You can catch the baseline and all of Disruption Network's programming by checking out DisruptionNetwork.net, Apple Podcast, Google Play, YouTube, Facebook and Stitcher. Keep it inside the baseline all season long, only on the D. Hey, it's Cassidy, and you're listening to Disruption Network. <laughs> so, you just bought your dream home, and now it's time to move. Let's face it, nobody likes to move. All the packing, unpacking, lifting, upstairs, downstairs, and broken everything including your back? Let the professionals at EJA Moving Company take all the stress and pain out of your move. Competitively priced moving, relocation services, office moves, and complete packing and unpacking services. They work with everybody to make it simple and easy for you to move and relocate. Call EJA Moving Company at 315-335-0516. When it's time to relocate, have EJA Moving do all the work for you. Hit them up online, ejamoving.com. Hey, Disruption Network. This is Mike Sacco, the general manager at Nye Volkswagen of Rome. If you don't know me by name, it's only because you have not received the best deal. There's only one reason to leave Utica, and that's to come see me in Rome and get the best deal on your next new, pre-owned, or certified VW. Mention that you heard this ad from Disruption Network and receive $250 off your next vehicle purchase. You'll know why our customers say, I love my Nye VW. Come see us at 5865 Rome Taberg Road in Rome or visit us online at nivwofrome.com. The Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley was born when three top producing agents with over 25 years of combined experience selling real estate joined forces to take real estate to the next level. We practice with honesty, integrity, and the knowledge to help make the buying and selling process easy and stress-free for all of our clients. We pledge to always make our clients our top priority from start to finish and even after the house is closed. We will always be a valued resource for information and assistance for our buyers and sellers. Our customers over the years have become not only past clients, 
but great friends. As we join hands together as the Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley, we look forward to serving our clients and our community and making a positive difference. You can reach us at 315-601-9630 for all of your real estate needs. The Disruption Network is making moves. For upcoming events, news, interviews, and new daily programming, keep in the loop with us at disruptionnetwork.net. Like, follow, and subscribe to all our social media. And check out all our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Get up on the D, disruptionnetwork.net. Welcome to EC Radio Podcast. We would like to thank all of our sponsors for joining the Disruption team, and we hope that you will support all of our sponsors. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this program. Disrupting the internet. That's what we do here on the D. It is EC radio time. And everything just went blank. I don't know what happened. See, look what I'm dealing with, Nicole. All right. I think the computers are possessed today. (laughs) This is so weird. Oh, my God. What's happening? It is EC radio time. We are live on the D. Something's going haywire here on the... On the computer screen. But anyways, I'm going to ignore that. It is me, Z. I hope you're enjoying your Monday. Time to disrupt your afternoon. Follow along on all Disruption Network social media. And if you're bored later or whenever at your own leisure, you can watch this podcast or listen to this podcast at disruptionnetwork.net. Before we get into anything, much love to my friends over at Utica Coffee. Wake the hell up, Utica. Wakethehellup.com. You can check them out on the World Wide Web. I'm drinking peanut butter cup again it's so good. Oh, cannoli and pistachio is my favorite. Is that your favorite? That is my favorite. Cannoli and pistachio. I have it always at my house, pistachio and cannoli. So if you're going to UCR, Utica Coffee Roasters, yes. and, and you're just going to go hang out, have a meeting, that's the first thing you're ordering? Yes. Really? Yeah. Cannoli is definitely my favorite, not only because I make pizzolis, but cannoli definitely. Oh, we'll get into your pizzolis in a little <laughs> bit, but wake the hell up, Utica. Wait, Utica Coffee Roasters, check them out. Love, love, love my friends over at UCR. Also love my friends over at Night Volkswagen in Rome. Thank you so much for that brand new Jetta that's sitting in the parking lot here at the D. I love that thing. It's I've been zipping around Utica for weeks now, and and I, you know I don't deserve nice things. <laughs> you know, I can't have nice things. So we'll see how long this thing lasts. Anyways, <laughs> mention Disruption Network over at Night Volkswagen. Receive two hundred and fifty dollars off any vehicle purchase. So if you're in the market for a brand new Volkswagen, check them out at fifty eight sixty five Taborg Road in Rome. See why all their customers love their Night Volkswagen. NightVDubofRome.com. And we're disrupting hunger with our friends from First Source Federal Credit Union. It's going down Sunday, April twenty eighth. We've been passing out all these drop off boxes. You might see in the background over here behind the coal. We got these drop-off boxes at all First Source Federal Credit Union branches right now. So what we're looking for, we're looking for a lot of donations, and it's all to benefit the Veterans Outreach Center. So what we're looking for, we're looking for clothes, we're looking for non-perishable food items, any kind of household necessity, maybe some furniture, hygiene products, toiletries, hoodies, jackets, blankets, pillows, anything, even cleaning products. We'll take it all. You can drop them off at any First Source Federal Credit Union branches or check out our website in a couple days. We'll have that list of locations up really, really soon at disruptionnetwork.net. So we're having a nice little party on the 28th at the Veterans Outreach Center. That's the old YMCA in Utica, the old gym 
over there. Yeah. We're going to be partying over there. It's going to be a good time. 726 Washington Street. We're going to have food. We're going to have music, raffles, and Audie from the Utica Comet's going to come down and hang out for a little while. And admission into the event is by donation. All those donation products I mentioned earlier, or $5 minimum, or $20. bucks. we will take 100 bucks. Whatever you want to get, we'll take a monetary donation. Absolutely, because it all goes to the Veterans Outreach Center. Thank you so much to our friends at First Source Federal Credit Union for believing in the D and helping us disrupt hunger. Yeah. Hi, Nicole. Hi. You brought a friend today. I did bring a friend today. She's a really special person to me. She works with me. Her name is Stephanie. Stephanie, nice to meet you. How are you? She, she was like a deer in headlights when she came in here. She's like, oh, no, what am I? Am I in the right place? Listen, she should know from just working with me that I would bring her to something like this. She hasn't seen me on this type of a level before. I mean, I am crazy at work, but this is a little different, right? It is. It is. <laughs> um, I, I greatly appreciate. Um, she always pushes me to go above and beyond what I, where I think I can uh, reach. And I appreciate that. And yes, I am nervous. I did look like probably, I don't know what I look like. When I <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Well, welcome to the show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Nicole is my monthly co-host now. We've decided that she's going to come on once a month and we're going to have these conversations about addic- addiction and substance abuse because it's super important, especially in our area. And not only in our area, but it's a nationwide problem. Mm, we talk about this all the time. And yeah, uh, lately, it's been a huge epidemic. Yes. Just, uh, just in the month of March alone, um, we had over 60 overdoses and 13 deaths. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's just in Oneida County? just in Oneida County, yeah. Uh, na- uh, statewide, uh, the stats were as of the 30th. So for January, February, and March, it was over 3,000 overdoses and over 600 deaths just in, on- just in New York State alone. Uh. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It is. Now, are these rehab facilities, are they packed to the gills? Are there beds available, for lack of a better term? You know, in our area alone, we have an issue with bed capacity. They'll say we're very enriched with treatment facilities, and we are. We have some great facilities. We just don't have the the bed capacity that we need. You know, we're sending people going inpatient. After inpatient, there's nowhere for them to go afterwards. So then they're either going into shelters, which is not safe, or they're going back to the environment that they were using in, which is unsafe. Mm-hmm. And so the cycle continues. And so we have a big issue there that, you know, we're talking about, you know, I'm on the opiate task force and, you know, they're well aware and nothing happens overnight. But what is happening overnight? Every night are deaths and overdoses. And, you know, un- uh, we need to do something and do something fast. Yeah, it's, it's alarming the statistics right now. It is, and uh, we, th- and that's why it's important for us to have these conversations, educate, inspire, and that's what we like to do here on the D. And uh, this is something that we really need to get this message out there. And there's been many, many instances that we know people have gone through. We all have people that have gone through addiction problems. Shit, I've gone through it myself, mm-hmm. you know? We all have. And it, it's, it's important that we help each other in this community and, you know, and get through these struggles. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about earlier, I, I had mentioned that, you know, back in the day, getting clean was easier than it is today. And you, you were asked, telling me not to talk about it until we got on the show. But right. it was like, you know, I had to go somewhere myself when I was younger because I had issues. Um, but it was, the drugs were different then. You know, we smoked weed. We did cocaine. We drank. You know, even people did heroin. 
It wasn't like this. Today, you don't even know what you're getting. Right. And the man-made synthetic drugs are just making people not not able to get the help that they need because now their mental capacity is totally different. And you you look, bath salt, back, huge. <laughs> I mean, we had someone in today. Like, you don't know what to do with them. They stare at walls. They're flipping out. You don't know what to do because we don't know how to treat that. These synthetic drugs are just off the hook. K2, and you, everyone talks about fentanyl, but they're putting fentanyl in everything now. Mm -hmm. Cocaine, we're getting cocaine overdoses. Um, methamphetamine laced with, uh, with uh, the fentanyl. K2 laced with fentanyl, like and people say, I, I don't use opiates, but when they when they get their drug test back or they come back from the ER because they overdosed, it's because fentanyl's in there, <laughs> you know, but mental health wise, you know, there's a lack of that in our area. And um, no, there's yeah, a there's ton of mental health in our area. <laughs> well, there's a ton of mental health. There's a lack of help, though. Help, right. You know, I mean, you're supposed to say, I mean, the last time I talked or looked into this, like we're supposed to have 200 like psychiatrists a year coming out of school to help the need of this. And we have nothing like that. You know, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. Meta if, if, if I was younger, I would go to school to become a doctor in addiction or a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. You know, there, 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 there's a lack of it. You know, and, and doctors today don't want to even touch the addiction medicine part because of the liability. You know, if you're giving another drug on top of another drug and something happens, then they're liable for it. Right. They just mask one drug for yeah. another. Yes. And like I said, going back to back in the day when you had to get clean and stay clean and not get another medication to substitute another medication, which I'm not saying is an issue, but it wasn't like that before. You know, you went to meetings, you did the, you did step work, you got a sponsor. It was pretty basic and simple. Today, it's not like that. It's like, well, we're going to give you this medication to mask that issue that you're having, and then we're going to give you this mental health medication so you could just forget about what happened to you while you were using. And it's just a really crazy cycle. The vicious cycle. Yeah, and I'm just hoping that maybe in 10 years we'll go back to the way that it was 10 or 15 years ago. You know, and, but it's going to take... Unfortunately, a lot of people dying, a lot of heartache, and children left without parents. And that's, I think, the saddest thing right now. And there's a lot of that there going on. There is a lot. You, grandparents are now the parents of these children. Mm -hmm. And, it's, and it's an off, that's the epidemic that's going yeah. on. You know, you have grandparents that are stepping up and having to quit their jobs to take care of their grandchildren because either they're, both of the parents are either in treatment getting help or the system's taking the children away so they don't want them to go into foster care situations so they're putting them with their grandparents, which is great. But, you know, and the next thing you know, one of their parents dies from an overdose, you know, and then the other, per you know, the other parent is still struggling with that. And not only are they struggling with the addiction, now they're struggling with a significant other who died. And then what happens to the kids? You know, I mean, I know this is a really sad subject. It is. The it is. It is. But the this is the truth. stuff we like, need to talk about. This is it. This is. It's reality. It is reality. And we see it every day. It's not getting. I am old, Gina. <laughs> I am 40. I don't need to be going back to school. I have to keep baking. Doesn't everybody want me to bake still? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, but it's important to do what you do, though. She's saying it takes a special person to yeah. do what you do. I know. You put up with a lot. 
A lot. <laughs> a lot. On a daily basis. A lot of stuff going on. And it's really on. sad. And I've worked in every level of care that you could. I've worked inpatient, outpatient, residential. Um, and and the and where I am right now at the rescue mission, we are a unique uh, program. We're detox and inpatient, residential, all in one. So they literally come into the doors with needle, like basically with a needle in their arm. Frail, <coughs> lost 30, 40 pounds, been on the street, homeless, hungry. And to get them and to actually mold them into, you know, health again is just very inspirational. Inspirational. <laughs> However, it's when they leave and they're not set up or they have nowheres to, to go to. They're coming back. And like I had today, one person was going outpatient and he couldn't get on the meds that we gave him because he missed an appointment or he didn't have x y and z with him like his blood work and that, that that was really the case he didn't have his blood work so the doctor wouldn't see him so what does he do he panics he doesn't have medication and then they come back to our door so me as stephanie knows i'll do whatever i have to do to get them <laughs> whatever they need however they need to and um it's it's bad they're in our facility for anywhere say from five days to five weeks to five months some like some people just because there's nowhere else to put them that's so sad that's that's one of the saddest Can things you get a little that we closer? have to deal. Sure. that's one of the saddest <clears throat> things that we have to deal with is um not having a place for them to go to after they leave us right yeah. And, and them right back on the streets and falling right back into the same old tricks. It's the same. It's Yeah, the, the cycle continues to happen. What's the success rate <laughs> of somebody that goes through a program and actually doesn't fall into the trap after they leave your program? You know, I think it, it varies. You know, statistically, it's 6%. 6%? Yes. Oh. Yeah. So we, have, so we have 25 people who live at our facility. So if I do a group or I'm trying to explain, you know, how – how you have to be when you leave or, you know, whatever I'll say, like half of you will make it, you know, one, one half of you. And they all raise their hand and I say, well, only a half of you, not one, not half, but one because it's 25. So really one out of 60 make it. And that's sad. And it if, is. if they do the work and they put the work in, they would be that much, you know, more successful to make it. But the issue is, is, you know, the requirements from the county, um, and not not to degrade, not to down the county. It's that there's a lot to do, and mm -hmm. we need to make some changes to make sure that these people are successful. You know, you have some going to halfway houses and they can't work or they can't go to school because they're in a congregant care level two facility, um, and so they only get X amount of money to live off of um, for the month. It's just. Heart, I mean, I could go on and on and on about this, but it's heartbreaking because they need to work. They need to go on a farm and work and give back. and Occupy their mind. Yes, because yeah. isolation and boredom mm -hmm. is one of the worst things an addict could get, right? I uh, mean, absolutely. you could talk more absolutely. about that. I mean, it's absolutely. that's what we see all the time. You know, you go to treatment for one or two hours a day. There's only so many meetings that you could hit in a day if they make one a day. And... um I think one of the biggest things that we um, need to jump on is treating the whole. Mm -hmm. And that is a part of treating the whole. Um, the mental health. Mm -hmm. we come, they come in, and if, we, if we're working with them on the recovery end, and they're not getting the proper care mentally, it's really beating a dead horse. And how about physically? And physically. You know, and we can't do chiropractic. Program. 
that would be huge. That would. But ins- our insurance companies don't allow that. You know, swimming, um, physical, gym, you know, physical, physical, physical fitness, and eating healthy and nutrition, and all that is a is 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 part of recovery. And the the other thing that I always talk about is um, uh, if if they started using say at fourteen years old, and some of them have been even doing younger, ha- even younger. Even but younger. even like if you say like what you know when did you first start? Oh, 15 years old. Really, their brain has stopped working. They are 15 years old, and at 40, we're expecting like perfection, you know. Right. And that's not going to happen. Sometimes they have to learn how do I talk to people. How do I eat again? How mm-hmm. do I even get dressed? What do I like? They don't even remember what they like as a child because they were either abused or they were brought up. Some were brought up in great homes, and we talked about that too before. You know, um, so, you know, I hate to say this, but some some of the parents didn't give enough attention, they say, or they felt that way. It's not the parents' fault, but, you know, kids aren't listened to. They, kids, you know, and especially today, we don't talk to our kids. The kids, we give them an iPhone or an iPad, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I'm busy. It's their I got to do this. <laughs> so, yes. Well, the parents are on their phones just as much as the kids, yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It, it's, it's really sad, and, and I think we just try to fight the fight every day. And the thing is, now we have a program, and it's a peer program, and there's certified peer um, recovery advocates and uh, Stephanie is a train the trainer for one of them. She does work for us as a full time peer at the rescue mission. She could talk a little bit about uh, what that peer program entail entails, and you know the different levels of peers that we have. So, <clears throat> when I first got into um, into recovery, because I am a recovering alcoholic and addict of thirteen years, um, I didn't know which way to go. I didn't know what to do. It was kind of like um, just thrown in the middle of, of a big bunch of junk and said and say get it done and that's that's basically how they come in as she was saying they don't know they don't know because they stopped their life stopped at the age that they started using mm-hmm. the peer program are it was built um it was built from people like me to come come and let people like me know that they can bring it they can bring it back, they can get it back, and they can make it through. It's an excellent program if it is used right. Um, a lot of agencies um, out here, they kind of like got the recovery coaches and, the, um, and they're pulling them in a little bit soon. Um, so you're kind of like uh, in dangerous waters when you're dealing with someone who's six months clean. Um, so I, I kind of like feel a little different about that. I feel that there should be a connected a connection to that. I think that when they come into program and if they do want to be a peer, peer, they should be trained. They should give, be given the opportunity, but also given a way to have the supervision that is needed. They need to be in it. They need to be fully involved in the way that this peer thing works and learn about life all over again. Um, I think we give a lot of people false hope saying, okay, you're clean. You can help someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 13 years, I'm still shedding yeah. some of the stuff. Right. You know what I mean? I still work on myself daily. Um, and, and the peer program helps me do that. And so I just want everybody to know that this peer program that we have at the Utica Rescue Mission, is, it's different. 
We have inside peers there to help the people while they're there, to advocate for them, to, um, to deal with situations that they're not ready to deal with, to help them not get angry when no, the, the word no or, or not yet comes because they don't know how to deal with their emotions yet. And mm -hmm. then we have the outside peer, the peer who goes to the hospitals and, 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 um, and beat that stigma and, and talk to those, talk for those, those people who can't speak for themselves. They're in too much pain. They're too sick to advocate for themselves. And then there's also those outside peers that will go to your house where you are, meet you where you are, not try to beat you down and say you gotta get clean, but show you how to gradually get to where you want, where you wanna be. Mm -hmm. Any questions? Yeah. Well, take me through your journey. What, what made you come to where you're at today? You, know, oh. you mentioned you, you, you had your struggles back in the day and stuff like that. And, I did. And, and your breaking point, did you just decided one day that that's it, I'm done and I want to help people? Or, um, Well, I did not. I always was a caring person. I, I did things like um, uh, child care. Um, I, I did the uh, CNA. And um, when I got into drugs and uh, alcohol, first of all, I am born and bred here in Utica. Um, I come from a two-family home. Both parents were working parents, um, educated. I, I, uh, I got to say, I, I grew up on the east side. I never crossed South Street until I was, until I jumped out there, you know. Um, so I was kind of sheltered. So when I broke loose and I got all into that stuff, I still had a foundation. I, was, I went to church when I was younger, my mom, you know. Um, my journey was rough because I was out there not knowing just jumped out there trying to figure out who I was, you know, what's happening over on South Street <laughs> that's not happening right here on Bland Diner Street, you know. Um, my journey began after uh, I lost my mom. It was time to grow up mm -hmm. because no matter what I did, her doors were never closed, and she always, always was right there for me, trying to lift me and better me. Um, but when she passed, I didn't have that cushion anymore. So I had to grow up. I uh, decided that I wanted to, but the drugs wouldn't, I, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I wanted to all inside my body. I wanted to get clean for at least five years before I went to jail. I went to prison. And um, while I was in there, I got in touch with who I was because I started drugs and alcohol when I was very young, nine years old. Wow. Um, just the alcohol, mm -hmm. about 14 for the weed and, you know, and on and on. And um, so as she said, I didn't know who I was. You know, I had some other tragedies that happened in my life during that time. Um, I am a survivor of um, domestic violence as well. So I had some things that happened in my life. But when I figured it, that I wanted to get it together, it took removing me completely away from everything. And then I went in to prison. And um, I got my life back in there. And when I came home, I, at that time, I said, um, while I was in there, a lady told me, if you want to stop doing drugs, then you need to stop smoking cigarettes. That was your first high. And I did. I quit smoking cigarettes by myself, no help. And I just started living. I went and um, registered for college. I started that while I was in there. I said, wait. I like both of these, human service and chemical dependency. They said, well, why don't you do both? So I, at 49, I got a dual degree, and that began 
my journey. And um, Rescue Mission took a chance on me and brought me in, and I'm here. And here you are. I am. Um, I've let's see. I have. Um, I have my associates in human service and chemical dependency. I am a SERPA, which is a certified recovery um, peer advocate. I am a SERPA supervisor mm -hmm. as well. Um, with a lot of other things, I am a um, trainer of trainer for recovery coaches. I do train for the 46 hours, so someone, whoever, they, whoever wants to become a peer, I will get them ready for their provisional. Mark Flagg, Mark Flagg. <laughs> I will get them ready for their provisional so that they can go and take their test and become a peer. <clears throat> and um, all, a lot of that is thanks to Sarah Decker and Nicole pushing me. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been that kind of shy, shy girl, you know, not ready, not stepping out of the box. So I appreciate them. Mm -hmm. But um, that's, and I'm here now. Take what's a peer? Exactly like you said, uh, become a peer. So like, is that somebody remember I was talking to Mark last week or like last time about it. But just like, it's like if you slip. It, 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 well, like a sponsor. There's, there's, it, well, there's a difference. There's the sponsor, and then there's a peer, and the, like I said, there's different, there's uh, different uh, levels of peers. So, like, if what she's talking about, you know, if someone has like, yeah, three, four months clean, you know, um, before that's, that's a coach. Yeah, so that's like a coach. So you know, they could go have coffee with somebody. They can bring them to a meeting. You know, stuff like that. Somebody with a more extensive time clean, like I was trying to say to Mark, he should probably take this course because he has time clean. You know, he's in the rooms. He's doing what he has to do. He works the steps. He's on Facebook always talking about, you know, inspirational stuff and, you know, good morning, everybody, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, somebody like that has what it takes to actually take it to another level. Mm -hmm. You know, um, been there, done that. You know, I've been there. You know, I understand how it is. I've been to prison. This is what happens. I've been in halfway houses. I've been to the rescue mission. This is what to expect. And, and as long as they have the time and the knowledge behind them, you're not going to hurt somebody that's vulnerable. We're all still vulnerable people. We are. Regardless. We okay? are. have time clean and all that. But if you don't have a person that has an extensive amount of time clean, that's going to be working on the outside with individuals, you're going to fall faster than they are. Absolutely. And that's where the vulnerability comes. You know, you're talking about somebody with, you know, short-term, you know, recovery, we're still vulnerable, working with an even vulnerable population. It's being, it's just like being in a relationship with an addict. Like I'm an addict, my man's an addict. You know, who's going to take who down first? Because any stressful situation, you know how they, we're always stressed, right? There's always something that comes up. So it's just like that. If the peer doesn't have the time or the supervision that's allotted for them to, to you know, for the support, then, you know, they're not going to be that. I that do want to talk a little bit person. about the, um, the help that the community is given, you know, and, the, and how all the community is getting involved. Um, I've been getting calls. I am also a Narcan trainer, um, and I've been getting calls from business owners um, to give them the Narcan training and off in the kits um, because of the epidemic. Um, I just left a training with um, Flawless Vapor, um, Slice, Purple Cow, New York Connection, you know, um, and they were, they were all eager to have this information so that they can help someone 
Um, I also want to talk about, actually, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about um, the Good Samaritan Law. A lot of people are worried about, you know, what the police is going to do if they come in here and I got this person over, sitting over here and, and overdosed. You want to tell them about the... Well, yeah, the Good Samaritan Law came out because of John Bon Jovi's daughter. You know, um, she overdosed at Hamilton College, and they did get her the help that she needed. Is that right? I think they were worried about it. Yeah, Yeah, I think they they got it. However that went down. But, you know, anybody who gets Narcan trained, no repercussions are going to happen. You know, even if, if I'm using with the individual and that person overdoses, I can call 911 and I'm not going to get in trouble, even if I am using, even if there are drugs in the house. You know, there is a law that protects for that. So a lot of people that call and say, you know, I do want to get Narcan trained, my neighbors uses, but I'm just afraid, what if I do use it? You know, what what if the person dies? Am I going to be responsible for that? And the answer is no, you're not. You know, it's just like giving CPR to somebody. Mm -hmm. This is unfortunately where we're at today. And... People are overdosing in grocery store parking lots and McDonald's parking lot. Mohawk Street is loaded with it. It happens all the time. That's probably one of the biggest areas is, you know, uh, Stewart's, Dunkin' Donuts, bathrooms. I mean, that, that's where it's at. Walmart. Yeah. It, it's everywhere. The mm-hmm. motels. There's been um, a few of them that uh, overdosed in a hotel and they just left them, walked out and left them fearful that they were going to get in trouble up for helping them so i think that information needs to be widely spread yes yeah they're they're one of the stories that i tell when i do do the training is that there were four kids in a car and this group there were three boys and one girl and she overdosed and instead of taking her to one of our local hospitals they were so nervous they brought her to rome and they dumped her in a snowbank in front of the er and they contacted her parents in the middle of the night and said, we're not sure if she's dead or alive, but we just left her there. Luckily, somebody saw that happen, and she's saved, and she's okay today. But it's because of the fear, especially when you're under the influence, you're, you, you know, you're paranoid, and you're thinking like, oh, my God, I can't even call and get this person help. I had somebody last week that just overdosed that we know very well that the girlfriend called but was afraid to to be there because she was high too um so she just left him there alone you know and even if you do narcan somebody there is only a 90 minute window they could overdose again so you have to get the medical attention take me through the process of a narcan so if somebody is unconscious um you know you would and and this has happened for years and years and years, if you were to get picked up by an ambulance and no one knew what happened to you, they're hitting you with Narcan in the ER. Okay? Nobody knows that because it's not called that. It's naloxone. But it's just, it was never talked about. It will only help an overdose of an opiate. It's not going to hurt you if you are, you know, if you passed out because you're a diabetic. There's, you know, no after effects of it. So it's very safe. It only helps the over the, the reversal of an overdose. So there's nobody out there going, hey, man, let's go get some Narcan no, tonight. And no, and you know what? Okay. And everybody says that, too. Like, wow, you hand out Narcan to people, so you enable everybody to keep using. It's like if I gave, I give everybody Narcan when they leave. They can't Narcan themselves. Okay, and that's what everyone has to understand. You can't Narcan yourself if you overdose. So it is a, just a life-saving tool. Mm-hmm. Well, how many are you going to give? I think that maybe 
if they overdose five times, you should just like not give let them get Narcan again. They should just die. We hear all these things, well, and it's like people are in the mindset of they're masking one for another. Though you think that might be the reason well, why the Narcan they think isn't a drug. I mean, Narcan's not a it's narcotic. Not a tr- it's just a reversal for an opiate overdose. Okay. All right, you so know? people probably think it's a narcotic. They do. Yes. Know? Yeah. Um, and it's not. It's just I like it was. would you? You know, here's the thing. Like. I'll just say, if you're a diabetic, okay, I'm not a diabetic, but if I if I was a diabetic and and I love to eat and I love to eat sweets, okay, how many diabetics don't eat cake? You know, I had one at work today. She ate three pieces of cake. I was like, girl, listen, <laughs> what are you doing? We took it away from her because she was on her third piece. Now, but what's the difference between that and a heroin addict? Stop, not give them Narcan because so we shouldn't give her her insulin because she ate three pieces of cake. You know, I want to work out every day. I hate it. I'd like to. But I don't want to do it. So, you know, so something happened to me because I don't want to work out today. I just don't understand. And the correlation between they don't give free insulin to people, but they'll give free Narcan. It's not really free. It's $125 for a kit. Wow, is it? Okay, it's just because people are dying left and right, the government had put money aside. I don't know. Take that up with whoever else if you want free insulin. I don't know, but I'm in the addiction world, and I don't think that there is a big deal about giving people. It's not free. It's free to the trainers through a grant through the federal government. You know, should we give free chemotherapy? I, I, I always see really ignorant statements, and people might kill me on this even saying that stuff, but I, I, don't, I, I, I don't agree with those. I understand them, and addiction is a choice. 100%, it was a choice to make the decision to use, but it's not, it's not a choice for people not to get sick and unless you have a family member been through it by yourself like the ignorant comments shouldn't be happening well some of those ignorant comments can be also uneducated comments it as is well. uneducated it know, is uneducated just not knowing and then again this is exactly why we do these podcasts yeah. on a monthly basis is I wish to people get them would educated. ask questions a lot of we got some uh, love seeing the awareness. Z. Thank you, Joe. If everybody could do us a favor too, man, and just click the share button and help spread the word of what we're talking about today. It's important yeah. content to deliver out there, and and people need to get educated. And you brought up the ignorant comments, and there are I've seen them. I see them all. The I time. see them all the time. But again, it's, some of them are ignorant for sure. But I think a lot of it too is uneducated and not knowing, and and not being in the experience. I think and, it's the same. I, I got one. Of, on a post when I um, I made a post and they said that we're enabling them, we're we're um, we're helping them get high. It's the same conversation with the young people, um, giving them condoms or offering them, you know, um, to be you know safe, to be safe, uh, giving them stuff to be safe. Harm reduction is a way to save lives. Mm-hmm. It is not going to. It is not made to stop anyone from using, but it's they're dying. The bottom line is, is this is where we're at this today. This is where okay? we're at. Okay, it's not going to change. It's, it's it, In 17 years, 18 years now that I've been doing this, it's only gotten worse. It hasn't gotten better. So we could either try to come together and try to attack this the way that we can and save as many people as we can, or... Or not? It's not getting better. It's, it's not. It's getting not, worse. It's getting worse. And we need to change something. We do. So instead of like being so negative about it, right. you know, and there's not one person that can actually say, "I don't know a drug addict," 
where I don't know somebody that's struggling with something. I think that's a lie. You know, it is a lie. Everybody's. It seems like everybody's on pharmaceuticals nowadays. Yeah. How many people are just handing out pills left and right, whether it's Xanax oh, or it's, it's uh, right, or what's the, the other meds, one? Gabapentin, Wellbutrin, all that is like the newest, Candy. you know, I don't know if people understand that, but those are the newest drugs to get high on. You know, people are popping 20, 30 Gabapentin. Snorting them, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, if it's not one thing, it's going to be another, mm-hmm. you know. Un- unfortunately, it happens to be heroin. This is like, this is like the AIDS, AIDS epidemic. It's going to kill a whole bunch of people before something happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. It's just like the AIDS epidemic. It is. It's, it, I feel like it's all over again. It yeah. really is. Dawn Ryan's checking and she's saying people are extremely uneducated in not just opiate addiction, but addiction as a whole. More people are focused on the stereotypes associated with addiction than the addiction itself. Absolutely. You know, the use is like 10% of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's what leads up to it is like 90% of the problem. Okay. The drugs is not the issue. It's <laughs> everything else in between. And I think people don't understand that. Absolutely. You know, we have support groups for family members of loved ones all over the area. Every treatment addiction facility has, an, has one. I know Insight House does, Beacon Center does. I know Milestones does. You know, uh, CLFR does. There, there, is, there is the help out there to get educated. Um, and, and if you do have a loved one that, that needs help, you know, instead of, you know, I, so many people, they, they inbox me on Facebook, too, and they say, like, I don't want to, I can't tell anybody. Oh, I, I don't want to tell, my sister doesn't even know. Mm-hmm. No, they do know. There's a lot of that going on. Huh? Yeah, but they do, they do know. People just don't want to mention it, but they do know that, that addiction is around and your son has stolen everything. And, and it's nothing to be, that's not your kid. Like, that's not, you know, what did I do wrong? What could I have possibly done wrong to make this, you know, did, did I fail my kid somehow? No, it's just, this is where we're at today. They need to educate themselves. They should go out and get some meetings for themselves because sometimes us as family members of addicts are sicker than the addict really is. Mm-hmm. The enabling part or or turning the cheek, knowing that there's a problem but not wanting to talk about it or, you know, even because you, you can't approach your child. And if you do approach your child, you say the meanest things just because you're aggravated and stressed out and then they lash out and then they leave and then you're worse than he is because he's going to get high. It's just, it, that, that's what we see all the time. And I could tell you, when I first started a family support group, which was in 2014, it was because the client said, I wish our parents knew what we were actually going through. This isn't how we want to be. Nobody wakes up and says, I want to get high today. And they're not getting high, like especially heroin addicts, they're not getting high. They're just trying to maintain. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference there. You know, that high, they only got high a couple times. Right, the first couple times. You know, times. that's it. Yep. You know, and that's where the fentanyl comes into play. Because oh. once fentanyl came out, that was a whole new level. <laughs> okay? They love that. When did this start Game becoming changer. a thing? Fentanyl. Fentanyl, I would say in the last like three years. Three. three. Yeah, I would say three years. And, it's, and where are they getting it from? Where does it come it's from? Coming from across the border. Across the border. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was two hundred sixty-four pounds. Pound, oh, yeah. Whatever pounds, I have, I have that. Two hundred sixty-four pounds that was got seized. seized. Absolutely. Um, and I could show you a picture, which is. Really interesting. So they're getting this fentanyl and they're lacing it with all different. It's not just heroin they're lacing it with. They're no, it's it, everything it, now. Cocaine, cocaine crystal right. meth, they have uh, K2. And it's lethal, right? Fentanyl's. I'm going to show you how lethal, lethal it is. Okay. 
literally, <clears throat> literally, they have a, a a drug now that they call a garbage a garbage uh, bag. Uh-huh. It has fentanyl, um, Molly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the other one you just mentioned? Um, crystal meth. Crystal meth, not crystal meth. The oh. other one. K two. It's just like a smorgasbord of drugs. Of, of different, the uh, yeah, and, and it, they shoot it. And, oh, they shoot it. Wow. I was thinking they put it in a capsule and swallow it or something. Nope. Huh. Yeah, you just don't know. And you said that before, too. You just don't know what you're getting. Back you in don't. The, even back in the day, though, you said it, it was a little bit different. Even back in the day, you still didn't know what the hell you were getting. At. No, but so today. So what, what's this that I'm looking okay, at? Okay, so this okay. is a penny. Okay, this is and a this penny. And this is the size of fentanyl that you need to kill somebody. Wow. Okay. So I don't know if you can you see that. That's the size of the fentanyl you need to kill somebody. That's it. Up to a a lethal dose. That's That's a lethal dose. It's a speck. Yeah. That's all that is is a speck. So you say to clients like you realize that you're using fentanyl, right? Oh yeah. They do. Oh, they know it. Oh, they know. Oh, they do. You know, they're not going to go back to the junk, which is just the regular heroin. Once they get this fentanyl high, you know, some like it, some don't. But if that's what they got to get, then that's where they're going to get. And some of them said, you know, my, my, my dealer has straight fentanyl, you know. And, and it's like you're playing Russian roulette. Yeah. You know. They definitely. But, but no one wants to get sick. And I, I think th- that that's the thing that people don't understand, like, to feel that sickness. Yeah. Nobody wants you Nobody to get. Nobody wants. No, but the like government like, wants you to be sick, though. Mm-hmm. They, they're they the ones that want you to be sick is mm-hmm. the good old U.S. <laughs> of A. They want us to be sick. So they could keep making that pharmaceutical money. That's what's going. That's the vicious cycle. I, I when you say um, we didn't know what was in this, the drugs back then, I think w- the biggest thing we worried about was too much creatine, too much um, <laughs> baking soda, yeah, baking yeah. soda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, it's bad now. Yeah, it's really bad. Nicole, I wanted to ask you. What, at what age do you think a person should be Narcan tra- trained? I had a person at, ask me if, um, if their child can be uh, Narcan trained, and I thought it would be fine. And uh, when I mentioned it to someone else, they were saying, what do you mean? Are you going, you want to go into the schools and, and Narcan? They shouldn't be doing the drug around the child. <laughs> <laughs> this is real. This well, again, is real. Well, you know, again... <laughs> I, again, we're at an, an, a point where, you know, I'm not saying like I would promote like giving my kid. My kids know how to use it. Do they? I, I talk to my kids Absolutely. about everything. You know, I mean, they know that it's a life-saving tool. They know what I do for a living. I mean, they really get it. Or if I say, oh, my God, I just can't believe I got that phone call. So-and-so died. Oh, Mom, did they die of an overdose? My kids are seven and eight. Uh. You know? But it's it, it it's where we're at today. And if we're going to shelter and keep our kids in a bubble, you know, they're not going to know, you know, what's out there. My kids know not to take little candies from anybody. I mean, it's in everything right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but how young? I don't know if you have a, a eight-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old kid and your mother and father are both heroin addicts, then why wouldn't you do that? If they, I mean, I don't know. So you're saying it's never too early to educate. (laughs) Don't call CPS on me, but I don't know. I mean, is it, is it, is it never too early to educate? Is it too early to educate them? I mean, this is where we're at. Nowadays. I I don't think it's too early to educate them. And I do believe it's situational. You know, I I do agree with that, you know, Um, but how do we, how do we determine who to, you know, which child to train, who, whose parents are, you know, how do we know? I had a child who, 
uh, or heard of a, a young a young child uh, was able to Narcan their their mother. Mm-hmm. The child was taken away by CPS, mm-hmm. but the mother was saved. So, yeah, well, Dawn is saying if your kids go to school, you need to talk to them they on some do, level. You do. You if they're really in school, do. then they're already getting educated some way, shape, or form. You know, we have prevention yeah. programs, you know, throughout the county that they go in and they talk and they touch base on things. You know, um, I don't know what the curriculum is now, but I don't know. You, you, in, and I hate to say elementary, but I mean, fourth, fifth grade, <laughs> you know, isn't too young anymore. I'm sorry. No, it's know, just it's not. It's not. I, middle school, I could tell you, my nieces go to middle school. They're all talking about who's smoking, who's doing this. My yes. girlfriend called me up and asked me, can you please tell me what my kids are talking about, what pink is? And pink is a synthetic form of morphine. Okay, so obviously, and it's pinkish color, so it's a synthetic opiate. And if the kids are talking about that, and you overhear, like, and they call it different things, you know, so yeah. you, you know, so you don't have to, uh, you know, so they're, you know, code word, yeah, yeah. codes, right? <laughs> so, but that means that it's here, you know, television, social media, you know, music, all that's got all this lingo in it, you know, and so it could be that they're talking about it from what they heard or they saw on a video. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean... The Mountain Dew. They they take the Mountain Dew with a Jolly Rancher and and, uh, cough syrup and and mix it up and they drink in that in in the high school. So, yeah, I think... That's a thing? That's a thing. (laughs) That's a thing. And then you got songs out there, Molly Percocet, Molly Percocet. Like, (laughs) some of these songs are just absolutely asinine. It's like, why are they even being released out there? You're influencing these kids to do Molly Percocet. That's why education is so important. Just some of these, the music out there today is just I mean, we were smoking blunts and drinking 40s. That's all we had to worry about, right? I know. (laughs) But I think alcohol, so you're talking about, you know, drinking 40s stuff, but I think alcohol is the gateway drug. They always said marijuana is the gateway drug, but I think alcohol is the gateway drug. It's so acceptable. Never, never did like an eight ball of cocaine being sober. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Never. I hear you ever. I don't think I've ever did cocaine sober. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Ma. <laughs> so true. But right. So alcohol, it does open up that door to everything else. You, you never make a good decision on alcohol, too. Right. Think of how many stupid decisions we've all made on alcohol. Oh, yeah, for Absolutely. Sure. For sure. But then it's acceptable. I mean, when I was five, six years old, you know, we would have a little tiny, like, you know, those little stemmed little shot glasses. My grandmother used to think that it was cute giving us a little wine yeah. at dinner, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we talked about this last time you were on. My grandparents, too, I mean, we were drinking wine at the dinner table yeah. as long as I can remember. And Orange soda we used to mix ours with. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you really? Yeah, that's weird. But anyways, like, like a sun kissed or whatever. We, you come to find out when you get older, yeah, they are giving us that wine just so we go to bed early. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? They, I know. They'll put so us to bed. Right? It's here, have this. And yeah. We, yeah, we're drinking yes. wine. And by two yeah. hours later, we're passed out. <laughs> they got it, melatonin so, now. It works. <laughs> <laughs> they got melatonin so now. Yeah. Gary Colby checking in. Gary brings up a good point, too. And Stephanie, I was going to ask you this question, but he's saying we are sure in the midst of a crisis. Too bad people can't legally reach out for a natural plant. Mm-hmm. Opiate prescriptions, overdose, and deaths go way down when adult cannabis use is legal. And that's a fact. How do you feel on plant medicine, such as not even just cannabis, but there's such things as Abigain and ayahuasca and all these other things that have cured addiction? In fact, Abigain is somewhere right around 80% cure rate if you go through this. 
the ceremony, and of course, it's not legal in the United States, right. but but they do have clinics in Canada, and they have clinics in Mexico where you can go and take part of these ceremonies, and it's a one-time deal, and they give you a dose, and you go through the ceremony, and then 80% cure rate of addiction. How do you feel about plant medicine? <sighs> I was so clueless when I first heard about this and did not even know it, that that existed. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's awful that we are being permitted to bring it over here to help people that are in a crisis like we're in now. We're giving out free Narcan. The, the, state, in, the state of New York recognizes this as a big problem, as an epidemic. Mm-hmm. What is stopping us from... It's got an 80% (laughs) cure rate. Right. What is stopping us? And that goes back to like what's going on right now isn't working. So why don't we try something else that we know that's going to work? Do we not want it to work? No, because that's they want us sick. They want us sick. Money, 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 money. money. They want us sick. It's unfortunate. (laughs) It's true, though. That's what they they want us sick. It's it's awful. Gary's Mm -hmm. right, though. Gary. So yeah, Nicole, we've talked about this before. I mean, you're you're for trying plant medicine to see yes. if it works. Another Listen, alternative ta- medicine. Talk, we were talking about the the mar- what is it called? Marijuana. Oh God, medicinal me- medicinal marijuana. Medical, medical marijuana. I hate you know? that word. Me too. I and it's so like <laughs> medical marijuana. It's all medical. You know? Yeah, medical marijuana. <laughs> How are we going to do this? We're going to let people use medical marijuana now? You know? And I'm like. Uh, we prescribe medical heroin in people, mm. you know, so Suboxone and Methadone is and Subo- or, you know, Subutex, <laughs> yeah. but just because it's got the word attached to it, marijuana, nobody likes it. Um, and to me, just because the word medical it's, is attached to it, I don't like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, seriously, because to me, all of marijuana is medical. And there's yeah. many different uses for the plant itself, not just the hemp plant. I know a lot of people that are on medical marijuana now, and it has helped them with their addiction. It's helped them with their mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm, for, I'm for any kind of trial to see what works. Right. So, yeah. I'm as liberal as I get. Medical marijuana mm-hmm. is probably the safest is, uh, out of the Suboxone, the, mm-hmm. the Subutex. It's the safest way to go, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's methadone. Where is it, right? Methadone, methadone, Suboxone. Methadone, yeah. Suboxone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, methadone's been around for years. I worked in a methadone clinic when I first started in 2002. Um, and, and Suboxone came in in 2004, and it was only supposed to be a short-term, a short-term, you know, a little detox, get them off so they weren't sick. I mean, because you could say whatever you want to say. You know, everyone said, they just have to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just stop. People, the, the, the side effects and, and the way that people feel coming off of an opiate is awful. You know, they say that they feel like they're going to die. They throw up. They have diarrhea. They have cramps. You know, they sweat. It's bad. It's ugly. Uh I've had people throw up on my feet at work. I mean, it is just a really heart-wrenching. You feel so bad. So you want to give them something to not go through that process, you know, because it takes, it could take up worse to like five days to go through that, sometimes seven. What about the reason they even started, you know, started doing the drug? You know, what made them, what, what made them go there with that pain, that stuff that they are dealing with? And then we, we give them the Suboxone, we, you know, kind of get them off of the drugs, but then we don't give them the therapy or the treatment or Mm -hmm. the, you know, get them, make them feel whole again before drugs, Mm -hmm. you know? Go back yeah. to, you know, talk to them. See what's going on with them. What happened in your life? How could we help you? There's no, there, there's a big 
gap in there. You know, here we're gonna you come into treatment, we're giving you the we're gonna give you this to get you off, and then we're bye. Yeah, yeah. you know, I worked with a it's a, not fair. It, it's it's a setup. You just get, it's a setup for death. It's a yeah. setup. Yeah, you know, I worked with a, a, a great uh, psychiatric nurse practitioner, you know, and she would say, like, I, you know, I do want to help this person, but I, I want them to get clean for a little while to see, is it, because you don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, right. right? Did their mental health stem from that, or did the substance abuse get them, you know, th- that they need mental health treatment now, mm-hmm. you know, so... Um, There's always a trigger, right? Some something. Nobody co- wakes up one day and says, "I want to be an addict." <laughs> okay, I hate that. Like nobody said, like you're not born an addict. You know, we have chemicals in our brain that give, make us an, have a, an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. That's different. But you know, a lot of it. And I and I don't want to bash the doctors. I don't. But I still hear, you know, doctors are. You know, you go to the uh, urgent cares. And the first thing they offer you is, you know, do you, do you want hydros? <laughs> hydros. Hydros, oxys. You know, yeah, anything. Oxy. You back hurt. That. You knee hurt. Got toothache. Instead you know. of doing more of a holistic exercise, acupuncture is awesome. I've, I've done acupuncture way back in, back in the day. That works. But treating the person, okay? And it's not... Because they have mental health issues. We all do have mental health issues, mm-hmm. health issues but <laughs> you don't have to give a pill for that. You know, it's, it's, it's let, let's treat the person holistically. You don't need meds. You know, some do, and it could be for a short term, like, an, you know, adjustment disorder that, you know, you need something just to get by. But then you stop, you know, you either stop getting treated or the doctor's thinking that, oh, God, I got to stop giving you that now because... You know, you're. I think you're addicted to that, and the doctors aren't educated. The doctors really are not educated with addiction. You know, if no, if they're they pers- not. They're not, mm-hmm. and that that's a big. Uh, you know, going through like med school, I think that they have like I don't know hours of training. That's it. But to get Suboxone certified to treat for that, they go through like a six or eight hour course online. That's <laughs> all that they have to do. To a lot of people that. that come into treatment, one of the things that they say is that they began their addiction after a surgery and taking the medication and then all of a sudden the doctors say okay we're not we're not giving you you're healed and, and we're not giving you that anymore mm-hmm. they've been on opiates for <laughs> six seven mm-hmm. months and now what do you do you just cut them off you know and where are they going to go mm-hmm. then they're going to get the heroin or they're going to get you know what i mean that's so, it's cheaper mm-hmm. oh yeah and that's a lot of, that's what happens with sports athletes as well they get injured and you know of course they've Taking six months of opiates and then they get off it and what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Then it becomes a mental thing because they want to get back on the field or back in the ring or whatever they do. Right. And it's just it's again another vicious cycle. Yeah, I mean, after of all the years that I've been doing it, 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 someone has gotten hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, they fell off a a roof from you know construction, or they were playing sports as you know in high school or college. And, and that's a lot of the people's story, mm-hmm. you know, that they it were is. put on medication, they were put on opiates from their doctor, and then they were cut off, and then they were trying to buy them on the street, and those are, like, very few far in between to yep. come by. So, and you're right, the heroin is, is so cheap, and it's even cheaper now because it's cost pennies for fentanyl. <sighs> oh, man. No. It's, it's a sad state of affairs we're living in right now, and... You know, we need to change up the regulations and change up the way we're doing things because it's not working. Yeah, I don't know what what, what it's going to take. You know, who, I don't know. Someone, someone big has to 
has to die for something. Uh, there's been many people I big dying. Has, there's been so many <laughs> celebrities and someone stuff bigger. like that. <laughs> yeah, someone bigger. Right. <laughs> You're right, though. It, it's it, sad. It, it is. You know what? Because at one point, well, like a month ago, I was like, I just can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Love what I do. I love working with the people. I have a great connection with them. I talk to them on a different level. Um, but it's disheartening now. You know, and, and I said, maybe this isn't for me anymore because nothing's changing and it's only getting worse. And then you have that one person that'll call or say, like, I need your help. And then I'm like, oh, God, I can't stop <laughs> because they're actually calling and asking for my help. You know, I don't know. It's it's a battle. You're a saint, though. It's a battle. She's a she saint. Is. Yeah, I know she, she is. is. She's a saint. <laughs> she is. She will fight that fight. I yeah. will. I feel like I she am will. their their voice, you know, because... Thank no God. one, they can't, they can't speak for themselves, you know, and, mm-hmm. and people don't take it serious or they have that stigma behind them, you right. know, and I will continue no matter what I do in my life. I'll always continue to fight for them for yeah. sure. She's the one that'll get in the ring with the ones that don't, no one else wants to get in the ring <laughs> you with. You got uh-huh. that right. <laughs> and speak her mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And win. <laughs> <laughs> Let some legal entity come my way. I go head to head with probation, parole, and drug court, all of them. And it's only because they're uneducated on it, too. Uh-huh. You know, it's like we want them to go here. And it's like, whoa, let's slow down here for yeah. a second. You know, I'm not that kind face to face with them. But right. Absolutely. I just I don't know. So. So wait, when you're stuffing cannolis full time, you know, when you finally take that on is a I whole new maybe career. If I had like a food truck where yeah. I could counsel and do <laughs> cannolis, it would be really successful. We're, we're set up over here today on Bleecker Street. You know, come get a cannoli and our can training, <laughs> you know, like we could do it all in one. We can. We can make them happy you might by be feeding something. them something really good. Uh-huh. Right. Mm hmm. Give them a kit just to make sure that their neighbors are safe. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll talk to them for a little bit. Give them a little pep talk for the day. And then a cannoli on a way out the door. That's right. You might be <laughs> on to something here. Yeah. Right, you could set up a little Gotta tent. figure out a name for it. Yeah. Counseling and cannolis. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> C-C. C-C and C. C-N-C. Counseling and cannolis right here. <laughs> Get your Narcan training here. <laughs> Holy pizzoli. <laughs> I can see the advertisements now. Oh my god, it's great! You never know. Yes. By the way, I, off subject though, the cannolis the other day at Tomato Pie Day were sensational. Thank you. Like this woman brought me to Flavor Country. <laughs> <laughs> I love the banana. It, me too, with the peanut butter. <coughs> oh. oh. She. It's funny because we had a meeting in here. Just was it last week? It, was it yeah, last, last Monday? Monday yeah. I had a meeting in here last Monday, and she stopped in kind of unexpectedly with a tray of cannolis. Like, here, I dropped these off to you. Here, bye. And she's just like out the door. And the people that I'm meeting with, they're just like. This happens to you regularly. People just <laughs> drop off cannolis to you. <laughs> so that happened. And then my guest on Thursday, the guys from the Electric Chick Magnets, they used to play in the Chick Magnets back in the day. Before they came in, they go, there better be some cannolis there. Because now all of a sudden, now people associate me with cannolis. Now I'm the, so I'm like, all right. So I had to go run down and get them some cannolis. But next time I'll get them from you. <laughs> yeah. You just tell me I'll bring them anytime. Uh, yeah, Tomato Pie Day many. was amazing you know i mean i wish that the chocolate and wine fest wasn't the same day we would have probably had a lot more people you know we used to have a lot of people what are you talking about i don't know the number of people who came because i I wasn't able to actually do what i was supposed to do because you're too busy stuffing cannolis oh my god i couldn't (laughs) leave the table i couldn't i couldn't they're like Uh, vultures 500 pistachio cannolis to make or to bring there you only did the one i only did one Mm -hmm. 
I, I, there would be no other way to do it. I couldn't have done it any other way. So I picked whatever I thought was the most popular one, which everybody loves pistachio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only left there with like 54. So over 400 cannolis went. Pizzolis. I shouldn't call them cannolis. And um, yeah, and then we opened up for the first time at uh, Out of the Way Cafe on Sunday morning. So we'll be there every Sunday morning nice. from 8 to 12, 1 o'clock, whenever we run out. We ran out on Sunday. So we have, you know, whatever, you know, I have rolls and I make all different things. So whatever we have that day, we have. Oh, what yeah. kind of rolls you make? <laughs> Sausage and spinach and eggplant and greens and what else do I do? Onions and olive. Oh, onion and olive. Oh, you're going to make me hungry. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Stop it. So good, though. Oh, you were killing it the other day. They were like vultures with her cannolis. Wow. You know, I have to say that, like, um, on Facebook, all the great reviews that I had, especially from Tomato Pie Day, um, it, it it was so nice to see. Oh, it cool. really was. You know, yeah. so exhausted as I am making them every day. It's so worth it when I see people enjoying it. Yeah, you're just, it's incredible. Yeah. And one day you plan on doing it full time, though, right? I do. Yeah, good. I do. And you should. I do, I do. Good. We've got to find you a truck. So if anybody out there is selling a food truck, hit us up. Yeah, as long as there's like a, a couple seats in there so I could counsel on the side, I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you a bed. We'll get you like one of those. Uh, no, I don't want to be like a social worker. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. But uh, thanks so much for coming in today. This is You're great. Welcome. And we're going to continue to do this monthly, right? Monthly, every month. And we'll have a new topic on. And hopefully next month we don't have this depressing news of all the deaths. Well, um, yeah. It might continue. I mean, I, I, wa- I walked into work today. And like I said, I'm on the opiate overdose response team. So, you know, the, um, the police put the information into a database. And the crime analysis team sends it to me. So then I'll look it up, and then I link up with a peer, and then we contact the people to see if they need any help. And it's not through the rescue mission. It's for Oneida County mm-hmm. Department of Health. Um, and uh, I woke, I, I walked in this morning, and there was one death and five more overdoses. Jesus. And it was just this weekend because I, I left on Friday doing the same thing, and, and so freshly five more overdoses with a death. Wow. So, you know, unfortunately, it, it hasn't stopped. So. So that's right. we'll continue to try to fight the fight. And we're Absolutely. Continue to have these conversations yes. and, and help people along. If people are interested in getting Narcan trained or, oh, yeah, or need could, counseling or whatever, how they get in yeah, touch I mean, with either could, one of you, both of could, you. They, Absolutely. They could contact uh, the Addiction Stabilization Center. We're at uh, 315-735-1645. My extension is 2167. Do you have a work cell? Actually, I don't, but I do go on Facebook. Um, every Monday I am offering somewhere in the community um, uh, Narcan training, um, Narcan free Narcan kits, and um, I'm also adding um, information on, on our peer program. I'm offering um, information on housing, information on, um, uh, f- you know, free food, free clothing, um, Every Monday, somewhere in, so I'll post probably on Thursday what site. Like I said, today we were at Flawless Vapors. I'm sorry, Flawless Vapor on 110 Bleecker Street. Um, And I haven't decided, I haven't talked to anyone anybody yet for the next site so i'll keep you posted yeah once once a week we're gonna do once that, right? a week on monday um my name is stephanie king you can look me up on facebook and mm-hmm. nicole it'll be shared by her so we'll get the we'll get the message out there yeah please let us know we'll get the message message out there as well too so. absolutely spread the word that's what we'd like to do you yeah, know absolutely. educate and people need to be made aware 
That's what happens on here. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming in. You feel better now? I do. And See? I, I don't normally stutter like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody trips but, over their words. I do it daily. I do it every other minute. So it's all good. It is all good. <laughs> I, I greatly appreciate you offering me the, um, time. And um, thank you, Nicole, again. You're welcome. For- Pushing me, <laughs> she's a saint. I'm keep pushing and pushing until uh-huh. you just do this by yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank For you. Real. Yeah, you can use my platform anytime you want. I'm serious. <laughs> I can tell practice. Her, tell her, Nicole. You can. I'm serious. Thank you. Anytime you want, you can use this platform because again, we want to get the word out and and help inspire and attack this thing together and t- attack yeah. together because we're all in this community together. We're all That's in right. this community. We're all together. in it together, so we can. Strength in numbers, that's what I always say. Absolutely, and, I like that. And when we're all together, making a difference together, and, and it just becomes infectious, and people want to join on the team, and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it builds and it grows, and then, you know, we, we help. Leave <laughs> the money out of it, right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Don's Thank saying you. this is going to be a great forum for educating people on addiction. Thanks, and, it, and we're going to do this monthly, so this Every is going to month. be a monthly education, and she's coming back on monthly, and you're stuck with me, Nicole. So. That's right. No, this would be good. This would be really good. And, and But next time, you know what you've got to bring. I'll bring them. Pizzoli's? Right, Pizzoli's. Yeah. Pizzoli's. Plug your Pizzoli business, oh, too. Oh, yes. You guys could look up my Pizzoli business on Facebook at Holy Pizzoli um, on Facebook. Or you can give me a call and my uh, number is on there, so I might as well just throw that out there. It's 315-525-2117. Um, go check it out on Facebook, though, because you could see all the different things that I do. I do a lot of cakes. I that's like the biggest thing right now is cannoli cakes and uh-huh. any kind of cakes. But oh, the Pizzoli's so are there, and we have so many different flavors, and... I think I'm going to feature lemon blueberry this Sunday. Lemon blueberry. Yeah. So there's going to be a new feature every yeah. s- every Sunday? Every Sunday is going to be a new one, yes. Tiramisu is another one that I'm working on. So I'm just Ooh. telling you guys that here, tiramisu and lemon blueberry. I need to try the spumoni. I didn't oh. try it. You were showing me the other day the spumoni. Yeah, the spumoni is a pistachio shell with cherry cannoli filling and it's chocolate dipped. So it's, <laughs> that's yeah, so that's good. yummy. <sighs> mm-hmm. Where is Out of the Way Cafe? <laughs> Out of the Way Cafe is at 814 Charlotte Street across from the county building. And we're there every Sunday from 8 to 12 or until we sell out. Nice. And how many different flavors will you bring on a Sunday? Uh, we have eight different flavors eight. and we're and, and we and keep ex- on expanding them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're so good. Thank you. <laughs> they, are they are so good. They are. And I, I mentioned it earlier. It is flavor country. Thank you it's, so much. It's like... You brought the cannoli game to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. You did. There, there's Let's no just doubt tell about everyone it. that it's not a cannoli shell. Right, okay. It's a Prezel shell. So that's why it's called a Prezoli. 